This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 585, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I walk through this Each time I feel it slipping away 
iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 585, and also marking our first episode of 2017, where we can officially say, it's hot out there, folks. Oh, I'm Ron it's so I'm Ron hot. Richards. It's so hot. Oh, God. I'm Ron Richards, and I'm uh, alongside my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. You guys are right. It's like, it's like upper 70s is like kind of kissing of over bitch. to 80 degrees. It was literally 98 degrees in the car right before the show as I was driving over. I'm like, oh, I'll go to my sister's where there's air conditioning, and they, they haven't turned theirs on yet. Actually, it it's cooled off up here, so it's lovely. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, goddammit. Anyway, we are from the world of iFanboy, where every week we read a stack of comics, and then one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. And we talk about that book. We talk about some other books. We talk about books you want us to talk about. Uh, we talk about comic book ephemera, whatever might be on our mind. Uh, and, you know, we, we'll, we'll take some time to hear from you, the listener. It's, it's a collaborative, fun environment and a safe space. Uh, but be warned, uh, spoiler warning, uh, if you haven't read your books, we're going to talk about what happens in them, so it will be an unsafe space. So if you're worried about that, uh, press pause. Come back after you read your books. Uh, this week, Josh had the pick. Mr. Flanagan, take it away. Hello. I did have the pick. Thank goodness, because otherwise that would have been, you know, the whole plan would have No one would have prepared, Yeah. But as it, st- as it turns out, I did read the comic books, and I made a pick, and I'm prepared to talk about Batman number 23. Turns out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, uh, turned out, turning into regular collaborators, uh, Tom King and, and Mitch Garrods, uh, returning to this character after having done the, a really fun uh, two-issue uh, Catwoman story, uh, a handful of issues back, I want to say 16, 17, yep. something like that. Yep. Um, and what we have here is... I mean, what is basically a one shot? Um, totally is, yeah. With uh, well, it's you know, I was I was prepared to say that, and then I looked at the beginning. It said chapter three, and I was like, "What?" I will I, I will say I was very very confused, uh, and we'll talk <laughs> about it later on. But I opened this up expecting to get the wonderful conclusion to the button, mm-hmm. and I was like, Where, "Where's the, <laughs> the flash? Where's the button?" No, I know, I know, but I I, I didn't realize that it had, the flash had ended. I thought there'd be more button here, so I was I, I actually. Forgot about the button, as I want to do. We were going to get to that. When I open the first page and we have the sort of a retro type uh, type fit, uh, type setting, I thought I was losing my vision because everything was getting blurry because the the effect of like under the mold it says the brave in the mold. Yeah. And from the angle I'm looking at the iPad, I'm like, oh my god, is my vision that bad? Like, so <laughs> screw you, Clayton Callie. They did it though. So yeah, it's a it's a one it's a sort of one issue uh, story, and uh, Swamp Thing shows up to talk to Batman, and it's a daddy story is really what it is, and it's also so it's kind of like heavy and grim, but then there's also serious stuff. I mean, not serious stuff. There's Kite Man in here. There's just Alfred being disgusted by the filthiness of Swamp Thing at the house. Um, there's this ridiculous uh, Lloyd McGuinn uh, dreadnoughtish like character. Um, <laughs> And and at the end of it, I just thought that was just a that was like a great one issue one shot uh, a Batman story. And the thing I keep thinking is, why are they letting them do this? Because <laughs> it's very out of touch with everything else DC is doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a murder mystery one shot. Totally, I, I, I totally sure, but this is this is Tom King's. I know thing, right? He's, he, he's allowed he, to work in his own voice, which I find fascinating. Yeah, and I think these two guys bring the best out in each other. Those two, those two Catwomans were previously the best issues that they'd done, that Tom King had done so far on Batman. 
Um, this was terrific. It's always fun to put Batman with a character that is so outside of his comfort zone. Not that he's uncomfortable, but but it's just, you know, there's a whole, there's an extended scene with Swamp Thing having tea with Bruce Wayne in the manor. That was and really good. And it's weird. And Alfred, yeah. you're right, is pissed off. He's got to constantly clean up behind that Swamp Thing. And But that's what's fun is that you get to see Batman having, or Bruce having tea with Swamp Thing in his house, and it's unusual. Also, I'd like to point out that the painting on the ma- uh, above them of the Bat family, which was referenced a while back in another story, um, one of the kids is missing. So who got screwed here? So that's clearly Dick and Damien, and that's, I assume, that could be it's either Tim or Jason, but one of those two didn't make the portrait. I just assume it's Tim because he's getting screwed by DC. I was going to say, I was going to assume it's Jason because he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, and that's Mad Anthony Wayne on the right. Anyway, continue. No. Now I'm just fascinated by that. Uh, that shot, by the way, there's a lot of great shots in here. And and, and I know like it's, it's almost seems throwback. Ace the Bat Hound is there. Uh, it seems throwbacky that, um, you know, Alfred is, is literally wearing an apron and cleaning. You know, like he, he has a little time. I know, but I feel like he's moved up the ladder. I guess there's nobody else there, so he'd have to. Anyway, he, who wait? Who do you think cleans the house? He also I don't know. I just that's I, what makes him so great. He does. He he mends the clothes. He stitches the wounds. He cooks the food. He he does the, he dusts like he does it all, man. When does he sleep? He doesn't. He's, he's got the he's got the Peter Parker thing going on there. Look at his look at Bruce's sweet white pants though. Yeah, I like I that mean, he that he still does the the um sort of dilettante outfit, even though nobody's. <laughs> this is summer, Bruce. That's true. Linen pants. This is this is like Hamptons, Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this. I love everything about it. <laughs> um, and so there's a there's a basically the other thing that happens is there's a turn that goes on later, where uh, here's your spoiler that we warn you about. They find the killer. Uh, and, well, so yeah, so Swamp Thing's father was killed, yeah, and yeah. goes to Batman for help. Batman, of course, sees a kindred spirit in that his fa- fa- father was killed, his parents were killed, so wants to help him. Yeah, go for it. And then uh, and then Swamp Thing kills the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was it was brutal. It was. And then yeah, Batman gets I, real mad, and it's like, still, mate, here kinda, we are. And then it just kind of ends, and that that's really what, like, so here's the thing. Like, I didn't I didn't love this. I thought there were moments in it that were really, really good. It's clear that, that King and, and Jared work well together, and I thought a lot of the panel layouts and stuff like that were like, all right, cool, I'm vibing on this, and there's a lot of cool kind of, like, Batman lore mentions. But I don't know if it's because of the shorter issue length or trying to cram more into whatever, but I found this ending immensely unsatisfying. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I thought, I thought so like Swamp Thing kills him, Batman's like, what did you do? You used me. And Swamp Thing's like, yep, bye. And then it's over. And yeah, like, that's what Swamp it, Thing does. That's how he, he, it's the same way he appeared. He just, yeah. he just disappears. That's what Swamp just, Thing it does. Just, it was just really unsatisfying. I and mean, it, it was well, much like Guardians of the Galaxy Line 2, I thought it was well executed. I just found the end result to be unsatisfying as a reader. Yeah. But like, like the conundrum for Batman is that he's the guy who controls everything and and you know has ultimate authority on it, and he has no power here. Yeah, and that's his. I, I like I loved. It. I thought it was a wonderful short story, and I was remembering that Tom King wrote one of the best short stories that I ever read, one of those uh, Vertigo uh, anthologies about you know time traveling to kill Hitler with uh, Tom Fowler, and I loved that. Like this is a talent of his. For me, the long drawn out stories they're fine, but to get like this little sort of you know. A moose bouche sort of uh, in between stuff is is really great. It's harder. Yeah, yeah. It's way harder to do all this. I mean, this is I, for me. I thought this was a very satisfying 
you know, 20 page story. And it's hard, you know, the fewer pages there are, the harder it is to do. And, and dramatically, what else are you going to do? Yeah. After that? Like, like what's the next beat? There's nothing right. of consequence. So. Yeah. It just, it just was, it just seemed, I mean, it was very sudden. It was kind of way out there, but, but I don't know. I, I just found out that was satisfying. That's just me though. So Batman you know, literally not- yelled at a pile of dead leaves. Yeah, I know. That's why. Yeah. So, that, but that's but you know that's the that's the twist. It's his. Uh, yeah. uh, it's his impotence. His impotence. Yes, that was the word I was looking for. The uh, what's not unsatisfying is the badass Batmobile that Mitch Garrett draws, which is that a was very cool. Yep. Throwback to the giant bat head, and always my favorite Batmobile was the giant bat head Batmobile, and this one is like sort of a mix of the tumbler with the original Batmobile, that's, and I love it. That is a not aerodynamic vehicle. No. That is for going through a wall. That is terrible gas mileage. <laughs> Listen, but this <laughs> he saves he saves more fuel uh, by his good works. So this is the team that's moving on that, that they announced to Mister Miracle a uh, miniseries, and I'm very excited about that now because they they really do work well together. Mm-hmm. You know, we love the Sheriff of Babylon. They've done they've done really great short story work in Batman. Um, they love this nine panel grid layout, and. Uh, it, it it really does play to both of their strengths. It's, it's it, it when even though Garrett didn't do Vision, it feels very Visiony when they work together. Yeah, and I, I think that when I I first heard Mister Miracle, I thought I don't I don't really know that I know that much about that character or care one way or another. But then I thought of the Vision, and I was like, oh man, that guy they've got it. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be maudlin and weird and interesting and cool to look at. And you know you've got all that fourth world weirdness to play with. Bring I love Mister Miracle. It's it's just a like I don't have a ton of history with him. I know it was a Justice League, you know, Giffen to Matias character, and yeah. you know, obviously he's a Kirby character, and I love the New Gods, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that character. I love that character design. There's that whole yeah. section of New Gods. Character design's like, awesome. Yeah, I like that, yeah. I like that it's clearly a mask though. Like you can see the outlines of his yeah. eyes. Yep. You know, like it's not. Yep. He doesn't look like the Vision, who's got like its red face or something. It's neat. Anyway, anyway we'll, we'll talk get, about that when it comes. We'll out. get to that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I got all excited. I was just like, like this was hands down the only book that I considered. You know, like it was that was just a great single issue, tailor made for pick of the week format. I enjoyed it. I had no problem with it. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, no. I, again, I thought I thought it was well executed. I just I just found it unsatisfying. That's all. So. <laughs> so uh, I find that I kind of don't care about Secret Empire, but I'm kind of enjoying reading it. That's that's what's that's the key to enjoy. That's like letting go. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, the problem is around the line is that it seems that some books are doing it and some books are not, and I find that to be problematic. I wish none of them were doing it. They just let them tell their story. But yep. it's totally as, ruined the Ultimates this week. Yes, yeah, agreed. Sure. Totally totally agree. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what ruined the Ultimates more: the insertion of the event or that art. Well, we're not talking about. But let us discuss. Yeah. Uh, let's let's discuss <laughs> this art, uh, which was uh, Andrea Sorrentino, who you know we were talking about. Like he's not. He's not a superstar, but he's a real good artist. Yeah, I really like when he shows up. He brings his own flavor to everything. It looks, you know, it doesn't look like anybody else. Well, it does look like other things, but it's his version of it. Um, so what were the meetings about this week? <laughs> well, there was a meeting between uh, Zemo and Captain America. Yep. And then the Avengers did space. I mean, there, was, there were impromptu meetings. There were kind of stand-ups in the hangar. Yeah, sort of like walker talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and then Clint and Natasha took something offline. <laughs> and then uh and then basically and then uh spider-man sort of ransacked black widow for a for a meeting at the coffee shop which he which she didn't expect 
and yeah. then they brought in uh, the Young Avengers or the Champions for some intro. So what what is happening in this story? It, well, it's, it, 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 aside from it being just ridiculous, <laughs> um, that's why I think uh, I like it. Yeah, exactly. So, so what has happened is now to, to show, you know, to to quell the uprisings that are going on. Uh, Steve and Hydra uh, begrudgingly destroyed Vegas to kind of show that any sort of rebel- act of rebellion will be swept away. So they destroyed the entire city, and now all the heroes are freaking out because they don't know what to do. And because yeah, where are they going to go for adult proms and stuff? Like, right. where are they going to have their guys' weekends? And so, meanwhile, Not Reno. fuck Reno. Me- Meanwhile, VR Tony Stark has figured out. Well, no, here's my problem with this issue: is that this whole issue hinges on a ridiculous, very um, convenient data dump from Rick Jones before he died. They set it up. They, they set it up, yeah. So Rick Jones was killed in the first issue. That was a big thing. But right before he got executed, he was able to s- sneak away a secret message to the heroes to let them find that he went into Hydra's files and he found out that it's all because of the Cosmic Cube and basically explained everything that happened up to this point. And that why Steve is acting the way he's acting, and so VR Tony Stark wants to wanted to, and Hawkeye wanted to organize a team to go try to find the fragments of the Cosmic Cube to put Steve back to where he is. And Black Widow wanted none of it; she just wants to go take him out. You know, saying that if Steve knew what, if Steve was if the Steve they knew was aware of what he was doing, he'd say to take me out. And so the heroes are split. And then um, now, oh God again, Hydra Steve Rogers want, want sends Zemo out to go find the Cosmic. It's all hinges on the Cosmic Cube. And uh, and then ultimately at the end of the issue, we get revealed that there's another another Steve Rogers who's silver haired and bearded, and he's just trying to get home. He's not silver hair; he's blonde. It's just blondish, but looks older. He looks older. This so. is this has the Secret Avengers problem of too many blonde dudes. Yeah, true. Um, so, are you telling me that Steve Rogers isn't actually a Nazi? Is that what's happening? Listen, well, technically, not- Hydra is not Nazis. <laughs> so, are you telling me that the most Important character in the most important movie franchise in the world is not a Nazi. It's amazing, isn't it? Are you telling me that Doctor you know Octopus wasn't Spider-Man forever? He's a he's a Cosmic Cube clone. Oh boy. We don't know that for sure, but like like the fact of course is, he is. Just, what what the, the, of course he is. This, I mean, like I just I'm annoyed so, by everybody. Ju- who, no no no. See, it. so just listening to Ron explain that Roy Thomasian sort of uh, sprawling. I like it. Yeah, true. Right. True. Yeah. That part was fun. Um, and, and maybe the difference between when he does that with X-Men and this is that I know all the characters and the stakes in this. Um, and as long as it doesn't stick around too long and mess with too many other things, I can totally roll with this. I'm fine. Yeah, I like, yeah exactly. What I like is the general unease among the good guys, I guess, about, like, this isn't right. Like, something's not right. right. Like, that that sort of acknowledgement of, like, we know it's weird. It's, we're, play, we're, we're playing a game here. We're doing a story. So now the, the only thing that gets me about it is that having this convenient data dump from Rick Jones, like I would have, I would have rather had somebody discover it on their own somehow. I, I you know what I mean, I like that it's out of the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess just get, but it's a major, or at least have that be in the in the first issue or what? I don't know. It's just it, he's it, like a Bothan spy who gave his life for the yeah, for the, like Nathan Hale, right? Yeah. Um, um, but uh, but ultimately, the the thing that I mean, I'm enjoying it too. I think it's wacky. I just want to go with the ride. What annoys me is I guess they're gonna have a different artist every issue, and that completely just screws me up. Like that loses any sort of vibe or flow to the story. You know, the first issue. You know, the the zero issue, which was really the first issue, was Akuna. The first issue, which is really the second issue, was uh, McNiven. The second issue, which is really the third issue, was Sorrentino. You know, like I, I want to have a cohesive 
you know, look and feel to this story. And I feel it, it just, it, 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 it's too kind of jerky by, by having such a dramatic art shift between Acuna to McNiven to Sorrentino. Not that do you want that or do you want it to come out? Well, no, I want it to come out, but so that, I mean, but that, that's just that's just production. That's just you know, that's, all the artists are good. But that's the modern day yeah. trade off: is that yeah. if you want these top line guys, you have they're not going to come out on a monthly basis. Yeah, that's just a. And the, the, to me, the weird thing is, is that when you do something like this and it's that important, maybe you know, it it should take over the whole line. I know everyone complains about that too, but like if I'm reading books and nothing is, you know, the things you're talking about aren't even reflected in them unless they are really done really badly and in uh, the Ultimates 2 this week, but it's just bizarre reading other Marvel books and have it just become completely normal going on while this is yeah. happening. Yeah. It's tough, and, and it's, a, it's a tough road to hoe. I, I understand that. But, uh, but that said, Sorrentino's art was great. The, the two-pager, um, the two-page spread of Rick explaining the whole thing with panels from previous comics, like, leading, like that, was, that, was a, that could be a poster. That was an amazing double-page spread. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so... I know what it is. I mean, like it's 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 not great, but it's fun, right? It's and that's what it's supposed to be. And I'm yeah. fine with that. That's I don't expect yeah. any more out of it. Uh, Superman 23 had a reveal uh, to those of you who are familiar with Action Comics number 775. It might mean something. Um, I think that might be a specific audience. Connor, did Manchester Black show up at another time? Yeah, I think he has, but I rolled my eyes anyway. Did um, you? Yeah. I, the best thing with this issue was the variant cover by Jorge Jimenez, which is fantastic. But um, I'm looking this, for that because the, the one right that was beginning. on it, the regular one, was pretty good too. I thought. Yeah, the great, two great covers. The cover was really great. Um, the powerless cover, and then you flip past Flash, and there's Jorge Jimenez cover. Anyway, um, yeah. So that you know, the weird dairy farmer next door who has kidnapped Bruce Wayne and Damian Wayne and uh, Jonathan Kent. Uh, is we don't we still don't know what he is exactly, but we have. The reveal was that Manchester Black, the character who was created solely to make fun of the trend of authority-like characters <laughs> at a certain time and place, uh, is revealed to be the one holding Jonathan Kent. And it's just like, <sighs> that character served a very specific purpose. It was to show why Superman was still relevant in the time at, when the comic came out that characters, like, the, characters in the, like those in the authority were super popular and Superman seemed passe. That character doesn't exist to continue on. It, 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 he, he was a cipher. Um, so the fact that he's still around is kind of besides the point of him. But that's, but that's like that recycling of concepts and, and sort of things that you have laying around is very true to form. I get it, but it, I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. it was very specifically done for a reason. So you didn't and, like uh, that? I mean, obviously. I didn't like that he came back. I liked it originally, obviously. One of the best no, no, I know ever. that. I get, I get it. So, I mean, this issue. I didn't like the reveal, no. Okay. It was unexpected. I'll give him that. And, I mean, I, mean, I think that the thing that I think I thought I it was going to be Constantine. Yeah. No, that would have been horrible. I know, but I, so I thought, I mean, you know, it was, a, right. it was a British smoking guy with a jacket on, so I thought it was going to be Constantine. Yeah, they probably, yeah, that's the red herring. I think that, the, I feel like we have been talking about Superman more regularly at any time in our history. I'm sure Ron can confirm that. Yes. So that's something. Yeah. Like we tried during the last iteration uh, with the beard. We tried, but it was always like, it's all right. It's pretty good. I think Greg Pak did a bunch of it. But like this run, which I'm not going to tell you is like the greatest Superman run I've ever, but it's it's intriguing and it's fun to talk about. Yeah. This book uh, is better 
even though uh, yeah this book is better than action comic i mean i like them both but this one is is i think the more superior one it's got better art mm-hmm. doug Mackey's on it does art. have great art um tomas and gleason have you know they have a good handle on the superman jonathan thing uh even though you know they're still living on the farm here where in action comics they bought that du- that duplex in midtown metropolis and action comics i'm still thinking about but uh it hasn't, it's, it hasn't it's moved fun. off the market yet it's fun it's fun I think it's funny that it. Tomasi uh, is working with um, Gleason, who's who's you know mostly known as an artist, and they're co-writing. And then down in the inkers is Champagne, who Tomasi co-wrote. Um, that that's that was the name of that forever ago. The Mighty. Yeah, the or... Mighty with uh, with Somni on the art. Mighty? Yeah, and Snape on art. Yeah, it was the Mighty. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So Tomasi it's will good. come along and take guys who are not full-time writers and do and do fun things with them as a co-writer. That's his move. It's a good book. It's yep. a good book. It's fun. So I wasn't going to read Luke Cage number one because I was annoyed about Power Man and Iron Fist being canceled. But I figured I'm reading Iron Fist. I'm reading Jessica Jones. I'm reading Daredevil. I might as well read Luke Cage. Plus, David F. Walker's still writing it. I think he's immensely talented and has a really great voice uh, for Luke Cage. Um, and I, so I read it. And, uh, man, the the art really dragged this book down <laughs> really, really badly. Yeah, art by Nate Nelson Blake the second, who is pretty, if memory serves, is top cow. Uh, top cow. Yeah, top cow guy. It just and felt very rudimentary. It was uh, very clean lined, very yeah. you know, like I mean, this felt very. I read this as well too, mainly because David Walker, and I want to see what they do with it. Um, I, you know me, I like a clean style. Like I, you yeah, know, like yeah. that is that is um, an art style that I look for specifically and enjoy. Uh, but this just felt it lacked uh, uh, dynamic action. There was nothing dynamic about it. Nothing. Right? Yeah. And it was like there was, was so little information in it that when at one point Luke Cage is in a car and you're driving on a road and there's another car, and I'm like, well, clearly that car is important because there's nothing else in the panel. Right. Um, and it's just it, it just felt so middle of the road. Like if zero was Electro and ten was Sanford Green, right? You know, this would be like a three. Right, this would be like Rhino, right? Um, yeah. um, right, or clearly, or or um, or uh, Madame Mask. I mean, one of those two. I mean, it's obviously. not bad. It's just right, yeah. But um, um, or maybe a, a, maybe a little more Mysterio, maybe. But um, it could be a little more Mysterio, but not. Anyway, I digress. Well, Mysterio is more theatrical than this. this True. This is, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It could be a little more Mysterio. This, could, yeah. It's just not. It's not bad art. It just lacks any kind of personality. Any kind of. Uh, you know, any kind of unique voice, it just feels very middle of the road. And I felt like for a book like Luke Cage, um, that a lot of eyes are on. And honestly, it felt like an adaptation or a, you know, like, like, Hey, a lot of people are going to be reading about Luke Cage after Netflix do this and keep and play it straight, play it safe. And it, and I think it just was a little too safe. It felt like a lot of the motion in this was, and they were filling up a lot of pages that were largely dialogue, but a lot of the motion was just pushing the camera in or out a little yeah. bit, as opposed yeah. to anything else. There's a lot of that, if you look. It's a lot of waste to waste to headshots. Luke Cage's facial expression doesn't really change for the first two-thirds of it or so. Like, he kind of looks the same in everything. Um, yeah. I can't say it bothered me when I was reading it. I mean, now that you're pointing it like I, I can totally see what you're talking about. Um, I thought the voice was a nice um, midway point between what we really liked about the last, uh, about the last, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist, 
and sort of the the TV version that they have to do now. I like the I, story. I, 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 thought, I thought it was well written. I agree with you, Josh. Yeah, I think I think the voice was really really good. It's just the the art was just very very safe. So. Who's the who was the villain at the end? Is that a character? That was the guy. That, it's the guy they were talking about throughout the issue. The the first guy they experimented on before. Oh right. Case. Okay. Was he a villain I, though? I, I, I he, well, he, he was. They said they were talking about how he he went psychotic, and that was the concern right. about it's the called sun. Angel of Death. He's blue. I just assumed he was. He was talked about throughout the issue. But it, you're right. I mean, okay. I'm not thrilled with him moving to to New Orleans, but I, I think David Walker has one of the stronger connections to a character in terms of voice. I mean, it, you know, it's it sounds trite to say he's a black writer writing a black character, and he sounds really authentic in that sense. And I think that's really compelling. But I just wish it had a stronger art team on it because um, right. right now that's really it's not really exciting to look at. I agree. Which is too bad. Yep. But Sticking I'm going to continue it? reading. So the, yeah, I am because I, I do like. I think David Walker is really, you know, str- and I, strong on this on this character. So at least for a while. All right. Yeah. But I gotta say, nothing nothing got me more excited than the cover to Flash number twenty two. Which is funny because like the big reveal in the issue is like that that Jay Garrick is coming, but then there he is in the cover. And he did. Um, yeah. Well, he did, but only briefly. This is my pick of the week, I think. It was really close to being mine as well, too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I'd forgotten, like I said. So, I, I like the last minute, I was like, "All right, the button." I was enjoying that, so I made sure to read it just before we got on here. Um, right. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I, I, I almost feel like it, it, it ended too soon. And I don't really have. I mean, yes, I understand this fades right into the Superman Doomsday, which is the next, you know, kind of iteration of it, and that that looks to be very intriguing and interesting. You know, it's given us Jeff Johns, it's Gary Frank, like it's it looks to be good. Um, at Superman least in terms Doomsday of, Clock. Yeah, Doomsday Clock. I'm sorry, Superman Doomsday Clock. Um, and this is kind of like a prologue to that, and we you know we got a lot November. of some, I know, some heavy Watchmen kind of stuff. I mean, this is like a two-year process to get to this Watchmen story. It better be good. What's well, funny um, is that, like, they're hinting at Dr. Manhattan, but we're all like, that's Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's him. Like, either that or this is the biggest, you know, jerk-off tease ever. Well, it's not because the dialogue is straight from Watchmen. Right, right yeah. I know. But so, you know, we've just got to wait for it. And the, the, pan- the last two pages of that, you know, sort of the epilogue... You know, which is the panel grid and the whole thing. And I'm going to put on my Batman nerd hat and say the only the only criticism I had was that uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne are not buried in some random city cemetery. They're buried in the property Wayne, Wayne property. Nerd. That's <laughs> the only the only problem I had. I really like Batman and the Flash together. Yeah, it's good. Um, they're both basically cops. I mean, Wally. I mean, not Wally. <laughs> Barry is a cop. He's a CSI, but Batman is basically a cop, too. So they have that in common. They analyze evidence. They investigate crimes. They know about fibers and they know about blood spatter. And that's the thing that other Justice Leaguers don't have. So they should be kindred spirits. And it makes total sense that they would be investigating this together. And I think there should be more of that kind of thing happening between the two characters. Um, The whole thing should be wrong, and I guess I should be mad about it. But I was like, I just kind of want to see what they're gonna do with this. Yeah, exactly. Just like, just like with Secret Empire. Like, I don't give a shit. Like we said this already at the beginning of the button. Like, yeah, Watchmen, game on, do it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna do it, do it. And it seems like they are. If you're gonna do it, do it well. And I think one of the things they're doing is well. It's funny because you know when it's a six issue story and it's not very good, we are not. You know, everyone complains about it, rightly so. But here it's a four issue story and it's been really good. We're like, oh man, two more issues. Come on. Yeah, no, I want more. Like honestly, what frustrated me about this issue was the majority of this issue was in in the you know the the time stream 
and there was a lot of talking and a lot of going back and forth. I wanted to see a little more, like see something more happen to it than it just kind of, oh, wrap up, you know, and so um, way more it, than with what you're talking about with Batman was what happened with this for me. Cause I was like, that's it. Yeah. We don't, and then it's yeah. in November. I'm like, come on. Yeah. You got me going. Now this is the only event that I'm, I mean, I didn't remember to read it, but that I was excited <laughs> about. <laughs> um, but Ron, how happy were you when Jay Garrick showed up, even though you knew oh. he was going to show up? It was, well, it was funny because I was like, I was like, are they drawing him to look like John Wesley Ship? Well, maybe. Like it was, I, it was very John Wesley Ship jaw esque or whatever, and I wanted more Jay Garrick. It was like I was kind of, it was kind of tragic because it's like, all right, great, what's going to happen with Wally's going to happen here? They're going to touch and we're going to, we're going to get Jay back. We're like, nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Goodbye, but like, Jay. I was You're, like, oh god, they're going to fix it all. Yeah, yep, exactly. Like we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get them back, and all the garbage that we've had to deal with is just gonna be gone. That's how they're gonna get rid of it. Yep. And that's it's gonna happen. Oh. They're just teasing us. Yeah, but he I, looks I, so I, great I, I, and not I a stupid suit. I could have. I love the fact that this took place in the pages of their books. I yep. easily could have done at least another issue, at, or an issue in each respective book. Like you could have done more. Um, Anytime with time travel, I love it. I think Flash and Batman are an interesting duo. I like Reverse Flash as the villain. It like even with the Watchmen thing, like you could have had one more like drop into a time period or into a multiverse or something like that, and that would have been like, oh my god. But even then, this was great. I thought I thought they they nailed they nailed this. So uh, good job there, guys. The button, the button. Who knew that of all things, the the fucking button I'd be raving about. But there you go, the button. Uh, <laughs> the button. <laughs> well, you, well, you, the listener, if you enjoy The Button or any of the other great comics we're talking about and you're enjoying this program, you can help support iFanboy and show your support by doing one of several different things. We've got several options for you that are rolling out. Uh, all right, so if you go to iFanboy.com slash support, uh, if you do your shopping on Amazon like many of us do, there's a, there's a big banner there and a link to just go shop at Amazon. When you do that, that passes over some information from us to Amazon, and then we get a little cut of your sale, not from you, but from Amazon directly. So if you don't want to spend any money more than what you're spending and you want to help us out, that's the best way to do it. Shop at Amazon via iFanboy. Well, um, we should clarify that information is is the purchase. Nothing about who is doing the purchasing or information. Oh, yeah, no, no. We know, we know nothing about who's buying what. All we go, all we, oh, we're getting like a little like a, a commission. Like an, like Whoever's a, buying all that lube, you're anonymous. Yeah, we did. We had no idea, and have a great weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to, if you do have money that you want to give us, and you want to give it to us directly in a one-time uh, transaction uh, that does not involve Bitcoin, uh, you can go to <laughs> click on the PayPal link where you can donate to us directly. We thank everyone who does that. You're extremely generous, and we really appreciate it. Um, but the best way to show your support is to become a supporting patron uh, over at patreon.com slash ifanboy. And there's also a link to Patreon from our support page on ifanboy.com. And these are the folks who have, who really, really value what we're doing, and we thank you the most. You're our, you're our key demographic. Uh, <laughs> but really, in this world of content where content has been so devalued, uh, the best way to show the support and the, the, the love of the content you do consume is to directly support the, the creators. And this is a direct way for you to help support us. Um, all of our server costs and bandwidth and all this sort of stuff, it's expensive. And this makes it easy so we don't have to worry about those stuff so we can just focus on making great podcasts for you. And we've been making so many podcasts, so many that Josh can't even keep up. That's the problem here. And it's all thanks to the supporters at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, our t-shirt merch store is like so close to the finish line. In fact, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this launches if it's going to be launched by the time you actually listen to it. Um, so you can keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on, uh, on us on Twitter and Facebook as well for that announcement. And our next goal, we're 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 inching ever closer. We got I think we got eleven new patrons this past week, which is awesome. And we thank you guys. You're helping us get closer to our next goal, which we will then unlock another podcast for Josh that I keep track of, where we talk about something not comics related, where we talk about a, a movie or TV show or book or music or something similar to our all end uh, year end media podcast that everybody enjoys at the end of the year, but uh, mo- uh, monthly. So uh, if you want that, the best way to get that is to become a patron. Um, and of course, patrons can participate in several different ways. Uh, every week you can vote for a book for us to talk on the podcast, which we're going to do in a couple of minutes. Um, and every month we have a hangout, a live stream hangout, uh, where you can hang out with us live as we just shoot the shit and talk comics or whatever else we want to talk about for an hour. Our next hangout is going to be on this Monday at 9.30 p.m. So if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday, it is very soon. If you're listening May to it, 22nd. Yeah, if you're listening to this after May 22nd, you missed it. But you can go to patreon.com and uh, slash ifanboy and watch it because we always keep the archive for patrons. Uh, but mark your calendars this Monday, May 22nd, 9.30 p.m. And we'll- it's going to be very interesting, Ron, because you and I could be very soaring very high or feeling very low on Monday. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. <laughs> if you know what we're talking about, then you know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Josh, uh, it's fine. So, uh, yeah, so go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. We thank everybody who's done that. We thank you for your support. Back to the comics. I, I loathe to bring this up because I know how you are, Ron. But I, Daredevil number 20 was kind of an explainer of everything that happened, and I was kind of okay yep. with it. I was super not. Yeah, I was. I, I don't. I don't need need this. Yep. <laughs> I don't need just. It's just have him be back and have no yep. one remember his name. I don't need you to basically we, explain every step of the way why no one knows Daredevil and why he has a new suit. And also, don't show me the old suit because now I just think, oh right, I don't. The new suit is not as good as the old suit. I was getting okay with it, and now it's like, oh, the red suit's back. That's and true. why. I mean, that was like just a bad strategic move on their part. Um, I think that you had a, 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 a what has been a nice three or four issue story using Purple Man and his children, and that's always fun. And then it was just like, oh fuck you! You went back to the well and come up with a convenient way to get you back where you were when the series started. You didn't need to explain this. You didn't need to do this. Cop out. So, I think I was Sorry. just really enjoying the red suit and the Ron Garney art. Oh yeah, no, I could I could enjoy how it looked. Absolutely, yeah. But it was just a little too convenient. And again, like Connor says, don't explain it. Just something happened. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah, dumb. That's what they do, though. I didn't mind it. Like I, I recognize it. It's a thing. Yep. I like Purple Man stories. They freak me out. Sure. No, they're great. But I, but I also think that especially after the Jessica Jones series and after the such great, like it's a little going back to the welly in order to make you know to uh, it, it's just to come up with something else or whatever. So. Talk to me about the Mighty Thor. Are we done with uh, with Jane Foster as Thor? It seems to be. I don't know. I a a, a big things happened here. Yeah. Uh, a big, a big thing, a big X Men thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a lot. I, I, I mean, like I've dug this all along, but like at the end of this, I was like, oh, there's some couple of really significant moments that took place in here, um, with Quentin Quire, who isn't fully phoenixed out, but he's right. You know, we don't know what he said to him, so that's one of those things that we're gonna have to come back later. Um, you know, and and Jane Foster basically, kind of, it seems like she's she's walking away from it. Well, Seems she walked like. away from being on the on that on that weird Congress, 
right? Yeah. But I don't get the sense that I, I got the the issue ends with her telling Odinson who she is, uh-huh. and we yeah, don't, we don't know right. what the re, we we don't know what the result of that will be. And then the next issue tease is the new Ultimate Thor, which is isn't I don't think Odinson or Jane, you know. He looks it's the guy awesome. From the ultimate universe. It's the ultimate universe yeah. Thor, right? No, no, but it's a different. It's a different guy. It's guys. He's got a big bush, a big bushy beard. So it's yeah. Jason Aaron. Yeah, it's Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron has not made himself Thor. This is what has happened. I'd read so, that. Yeah. Either way, it was interesting. Yeah, so. she's on the cover of Twenty One, so I guess she's still doing it because otherwise she'll die of the cancer. Yeah. Those covers well, they, that are coming up look great, by the way. It's, yeah. it's just it's just like Walt Simonson, um, right? You know, tribute, but still. Yeah. Yeah, but that's great. So it's great. Um, I gotta say, Eleanor and the Egret number two from Aftershock Comics came out. I remember the first issue I raved about? This probably would have been it would have been a, a close runner for my pick of the week. Um, John Layman and Sam Keith writing a quirky Poirot Agatha Christie style uh, mystery with some weirdness going on. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's li- I can't literally- imagine or picture Sam Keith writing a Poirot style mystery. Well, it's not. It's John Layman. I'm sorry, not writing, drawing. Yeah, no. Well, he's he's it's 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 in the it's in the great Sam Keith style that we know and love. It's what's amazing with a lot of these characters is that he's really changing the style he's drawing the characters based on their personality as well. Too, we finally meet the. Um, I, I don't know if it's the villain. It's very unclear who the villain stuff, you know, like because the the main character Eleanor and her egret have been stealing art, and so you, clearly they're the ones breaking the law, but they're stealing art from one specific woman. Um, and so I get the sense that she's more the villain and she brings in this kind of henchman and he changes the style for each individual character on the page with the other characters. Like it just, I mean, Sam Keith, it, it's, it's such a return to form and I'm just loving it. Hmm. So. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then Nick Fury number two came out, the second issue, which was my pick. The first issue was my pick of the week. I just want to hi- highlight this because with Akko on art, uh, we get the wonderful pink, uh, eye patch, which I'm all for. So. <laughs> This, is a, this seemed weird because it's a Nick Fury Jr. story on the moon. Isn't that where Nick Fury is? Yes, right. You know so, what? The more that you yeah. ignore that, the better everything is. Yeah. Well, it just seems odd they wouldn't even mention, you know, like he's on the moon. How often is he on the moon? Do you think James yeah. Robinson knows about that? <laughs> it's like when Judge Wedding had the dark side kill uh, Connor Hawk and didn't realize that they were gone. Um <laughs> I, I felt like this was kind of kind of diminishing returns from the last issue, which I thought was terrific. Um, it's more the same. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another one. I'm just not super thrilled with the state of Nick Fury. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to. It's one of those things where I'm trying to ignore the, the the character and just focus on the art and the layouts and all that, and that's I'm loving. So. Yeah. Yep. I just thought was, right. I thought for sure they're on the moon. They're gonna deal with his dad. Nope. Nope. Oh no, not at all. No, no, they're ne- they're never gonna deal with that at all. Never Why? Never. What did Nick Fury do to people? I have no idea. No idea. So, um, and lastly, I just wanted to quickly touch on uh, in Star Wars Corner, uh, Star Wars number thirty-one uh, and Poe Dameron number fifteen. Uh, both of these things have something in common, which I understand why they're doing and am suspecting why they're doing, but don't necessarily agree with. But my guess is that Lucas, the Lucasfilm people, are insisting on photorealistic artists. Probably yeah, they, and yeah. and that's bumming me out. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, it, it would be one thing if we hadn't seen um, great artists on this already. Stuart you know? Eminem. 
Yeah, if, and basically I meant him. But <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's, I mean, you get the licensee, licensor, and it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but it makes sense that they would. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, and like the thing is, like I go, I go back to think how great Eminem was on the book, and. Uh, and then, and, and LaRocca can do good things, but like, there's a couple, there's a couple of close-ups where it's like, we're just, this is Greg Land level tracing or, of you know, drawing a character and like Poe Dameron, like everyone looks exactly the way they look. Um, also Leia referred to Han as my husband in Poe Dameron, which I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. We never That's got true. clarified that, you know, no, did they, we don't know that they got married. Well, we That's do true. now. They, I mean, and, they, 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 was there a ring? I did I, I, we don't know that. Well, then Han is married mean, to the space. I was going to say yeah. the sea, but, but they check that you know stuff. I mean, like that's part right. of it. Lucasfilm goes through it. Yeah, maybe. I guess whatever. I mean, anyway, question, uh, if if in Poe Dameron they drew uh, him to look like uh, Lewin uh, <laughs> Davis, Lewin Davis, that'd be much better. So you know what's really okay with that? it's 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 oh God Almighty! It's the Gorfines do back. <laughs> 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 oh man A plus I'm done I'm going home good night <laughs> I want to watch that movie so bad right now I'm go- okay I'm, I'm pulling this back I'm going to make a point about Salvador La Roca yeah if you look through this book the pages that don't have any are like, great of the faces on them are great that's like when he was yeah, on Darth Vader, there weren't so many real faces, and it, it worked totally fine. So, like, the ones with, like, the guards with the robot heads and the aliens and stuff, that stuff looks great. He draws great tech. He draws the ships. Yep. Everything's, everything's great. Yep. And then you get to the one with, like, a bunch of Luke Skywalker. It literally looks like a different thing is coming. Like, it's got a different texture to it. It looks like they're trying to do a photo, and it's yeah. not all right. Not where, all right. Where, where, where is this taking place, this book, Bo Dameron? In space? No, I mean, like, at what point in the timeline? Is it a prequel? Is it a sequel After to The seven. Force Awakens? It's... Uh, no, no, seven? no, no, no. It's, it's before Force Awakens. It's, it's okay. before Force Awakens, yep. Because, because the whole thing was... The whole book started with it was telling how he got the thing to go to Lord Sanseca, whatever, you know, Maximum Saido. So, chronologically, it's taking place pre-Force Awakens. And we're 15 issues into this book? Yeah, it's crazy. I was like, why is this still going? Uh, it's probably because it's selling. Yeah. So, um, all right. That's it for Star Wars Corners. So that means we're going to move on to the patrons' pick. Every week, uh, iFanboy patrons get to vote on a book to make us read and then talk about here on the show. This week, it was neck and neck, right, Connor? Wasn't it? it yeah, was... it was. And actually, before we get into the book, I want to applaud the patrons because I'm really enjoying the little skirmishes that are breaking out in the comment oh. section under the patron picks. It's amazing. Uh, I love there's it. Factions, yep. uh, there's factions. There's there's recriminations. Um, let's see. I'm pulling up a comment here. I want to read it word for word. Uh, they, 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 the, the Funko voters are called extremists. Uh, <laughs> it really is wonderful. I've enjoyed, we're enjoying the show. Uh, I can't find the quote, but anyway, there, there, there's a bit of a schism because there's, there's a movement led by former staffer, uh, Jeff Reed to make us read a Funko book. Listen, let's not, got, let's not let's not give him more attention than he deserves, okay? <laughs> and they, they he's gotten people on his side, and each week Funko goes up higher on the list. But um, the rest of the people are not thrilled with that. So if I uh, say, uh, here we go. I urge voters to band behind this book in order to fight the anarchy and unrest to our beloved podcast that would occur if we allow extremists to force them to talk about a Funko book. I mean, that is <laughs> fantastic. That that guy voted for the Royals three, which did not win this week. The patron pick was Girl Scouts. <laughs> 
Magic Socks number one by Jim Mafood. Um, but anyway, keep it up on the on the, on the comments. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, Jim Mafood is a very strong artistic voice. He has a very strong point of view. It's like the opposite of the art in Luke Cage. He, he has a very uh, strong vision. It's interesting. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, fu- it's, it's, it's funny because in the first page, there's a little kind of recap or kind of like what you need to know. Because it's been more than 10 years since we've had any new Girl Scouts. And at the end of it, it says, blaze one up and enjoy. And I feel like that sums up the entire like well, the that's, experience. You know, I was like, going to say, I, didn't, I did not blaze one up. So maybe that was why. Right. Um, I, thought, I think his art is great. I actually really like looking at his art. I just didn't like, this story doesn't really do anything for me. It's just not, yeah. not, my, not my scene. Josh, what were, you, what were you saying? Did you enjoy it? No. No, <laughs> no, I very much didn't. I was probably, like, probably I, the least seen, least Josh's seen. It's, it's probably I'm a, I'm aware of Jim Mafood. I have been for a long time. I think the first time I ever came across his work was in like a Clerks comic or Jay and Silent Bob or something a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, he has a place. I, I I don't mind it. It's not for me at all. And then when it's this version, I don't. I was like I. I don't know what I'm reading here or why. And and I know yeah. that's like, but uh, that's my old man response. But that would have been my response when I was 25. I mean, like. It's just craziness that might be sexy to some, I guess, or or not. But well, no, I mean, it's very, it's very, it's it's very. I want to say urban, modern, avant-garde in terms of style. It's very graffiti influenced, yeah. right? It's very, you know, kind of like Mafud lived, has lived in L.A. for a long time. He's in that scene. It's very like, like I know people that this resonates with. It's not necessarily me, you know. I've and I've enjoyed his work over the years. I think that. You know, Jim Mafood of 2017 is much different than Jim Mafood of 1999. You know, and I think we've seen that with all artists and all that sort of stuff. I think that at times um, this book came off uh, undisciplined, um, which, you know, either you want to say loose or undisciplined. That's up to you. Um, But I think that there was some stuff where, like, I had a hard time telling what was going on. Yeah. You know, both from a storytelling standpoint as well as from a rendering standpoint. Um, you know, I get the sense that this was his first, this is his property. And now it seems like they shot a pilot with, with Ron Howard, with, with Imagine. Yeah. What's, what's Ron Imagine. Howard? Yeah. Imagine, which is cool and great. And I guess it's on YouTube now and there's, there's a full, a whole full, pay, a full page on YouTube. I guess it didn't get picked up or whatever. Great for him. And, and if he wanted to revisit it because of that, either to capitalize it on, on it or just have fun with it, that's great. Um, but at the end of the day, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is a bit of a mess. And so, uh, there were two, there were two pages there I really liked. I want to. I want to. I don't. I want to. I want to say something positive. Um, so the, there's a one-page shot of Rita painting in her apartment. It's a full-page spread after the, the craziness in the club where it opens the the scene. And there's no dialogue. It's just a quiet scene of her painting. She's sort of curled up in a ball. I really like this page a lot. Um, yeah. It's got great detail. It has great emotion to it. I could really feel the room. Um, again, this is like the opposite of Luke Cage in every single way, but. Uh, I, I, I found myself looking at that page for quite a long time. Maybe it's because I grew up, my mom was a painter, so the idea of, of jars of paintbrushes everywhere f- feels very uh, safe to me. Like, I feel like I'm home again, because um, that, that was how I grew up. Uh, and I feel like I'm I, visiting Connor's house, which is always nice for me, too. Yeah, so I, I like that page a lot. I also really liked the little cartoon he did at the end, explaining what this all about was about. That was I my favorite that part. I found that I really much better than that. the actual comic. What is this whole Girl Scout situation about anyway yeah. by Jim Mafood? I thought Agreed. that was terrific. That was really yeah. terrific. Yeah. Um, 
but I just you know the, the main book didn't do anything for me. I didn't know I didn't know anything about the character. I mean, it was a fo- maybe a you follow-up. had to have read the original series. I mean, it's Which, a follow-up. And, and I read but, the original series, but years ago, like years ago. So I don't know. I mean, like it, it, yeah, it's 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 it, it, this is a tough. It was a tough pill to swallow. I thought. Yeah. So I did. I yeah. I, I really liked looking at it. It was interesting, but um, yeah. yeah. All right. So ratings, ratings, Connor. Was- <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three for the artistic daringness of it. Josh, two and a quarter stars. <laughs> All right, two point two five. I'm giving it a two and a half. Sticking right. with it? No. 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 I barely made it through the one. All right. All right. Well, so that was pick Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's how you can do that. Everyone who is a Patreon can vote. Or patron. God damn it. They got a. You're not. Everybody does it. Everyone who's a patron can vote on the pick every week. But if you give it a certain level, I believe it's the $5 level over at patreon.com uh, slash fanboy, you get your very own dumb superpower or going down the list. If you're a new patron, you're going to have to wait a while because we've got over 400 of them. So uh, we're, get, we're getting there. We're doing four an episode. Do the math. It's yeah, do the math. Yeah. Everybody we we understand up. everybody wants their patron power, but we're doing them in order of signing up. So we'll get to you. Just be patient. So. <laughs> Josh, kick it off. We're going to start off with Mark Bennett, who I am enunciating perfectly. Mark Bennett can pay attention to seven things at once. Nice. Seven things. Uh, once again, once again, a patron, uh, a patron power that is in the, in the general vicinity of your life. I, I mean, I, I don't know where else to grab them from at this point. I guess I could open up National Geographic. <laughs> and when I start running out of things like that, it's fine. That was, of course, a last-minute change. Okay. <laughs> Over. Um, well, you do have two, it, you do have two this week, so yeah. So there is you it, go. Can he pay attention to fewer than seven, or up to seven, or exactly seven? Like, is it a curse? He, he's paying, he's to, constantly paying attention to, to seven things. More. Eight, it falls apart. But you know, like he could have, like if you have those old-time, like uh, you know, the wall of monitors. Right. Yeah. Seven, he's good. But the eighth one is just too much. No, it all falls apart at eight. It's just oh, so it falls apart. So, so if you so you can distract him with an eighth thing, and that's his weakness. It's like yellow with the green with the Green Lantern. I guess, but you know, I, I don't know if this is a supervillain type of situation. I don't know if he has that. Okay. Does Does he have eight seven TVs in his living room? No, not necessarily. You don't. You don't always want to be operating at your max. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you, you want to relax really, a little. Yeah. He could be really efficient in his in his TV watching though. True. <laughs> I like how the, then you turned what I was saying into a thing that would appropriate for you. Yeah, I've been, really well been, been out of town for like four weeks. I got a, my DVR is started on that Iron Fist. All right, up next, uh, I want to thank Brian Herhold uh, for being a patron. And Brian's power is uh, it's a really interesting, unique thing in that uh, he is the the literal definition or multiple definitions of fencing. So what that means is that he can either sword fight very well, he can also sell stolen goods without getting caught, <laughs> and he is able to build a fence around a house like nobody's business. So you're doing homonym-based powers now. Yeah, no, but that's, that's the weird thing is that his powers are based on fencing, but fencing has got multiple definitions, and he can do them all. Tell you, those are... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, just a, a clarification... Fencing is only stolen goods. Yes, you yes, can't fence. Only, yes, you can't yes. legally fence goods. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. That's just that's just selling. 
Yeah, that's just reselling. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just a, yeah. and you're going to need to be a vendor for that. You got to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork and all that. Stuff. Number, well, yeah. Oh yeah, no, because you, you don't want to have to pay sales tax twice. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. He's, this guy's got uh, he's got he's got he's got furs in the back. He's got nice dresses, some real nice <laughs> and dresses. And listen, and they're all protected by a really high fence that he built himself <laughs> with ease. So yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, and but shrimps and lobsters are the best. Yeah, so. but the thing is, like his dresses, they're down there. They're just yeah. down there. Just down there, past the fence. Just down there. Just, down there. just, just make, a, make a right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That's my fencing gear. Put my foil down. No, no, no. That's The dresses are past the fencing gear. And then he Mike, goes, I'm God. <laughs> Michael Frevoletti. <laughs> His power is bedazzling. <laughs> bedazzling what? Anything. Everything. He just Everything. touches things and it's bedazzled. All right. Well, then. You want jeans bedazzled? He's got you. You got a jean jacket? And he basically... It's not even just denim. He can do it all. All right. Cool. <laughs> it's like with the sparkly, with the little, like the rhinestones yes. and everything? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. He can, he can make every, every outfit fabulous. You're, you're fabulous. Depending on, the, depending on the time of the year <laughs> and the place you are. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's times when bedazzling is not appropriate, but it's not yeah. less fabulous for that reason. Unless you're on the south shore of Long Island, then it's always superb. Hey! Um, hey! You know, how I, you know how I feel about that. Anyway, go on. Scott Corelli has the power. <laughs> I think I might be the only one who laughs at this. Of a series of tubes, he can manipulate PVC piping to oh, like wondrous and amazing things. Oh, cool! It's uh, he controls a series it, of tubes. Does he need the PVC piping to manipulate, or can he generate PVC piping? No, he has to carry around a trailer full of PVC That's the thing. Is that you've got to go to Home Depot and get a lot of piping. <laughs> yeah. But once you've got it, he, he just let him loose and he'll do it. Oh, yeah. No, he has so, an extended bed, trick up, pick, extended bed pickup truck that he uses to carry the piping around. Is it only PVC piping or can it be like metal tubing? No, or PVC piping. The, the, okay. the plastic sort of white. Yeah, I know. And, you know, he, sure you know, he gets to use the could... elbows, the joints, the bends, all of those things. All right. Like so you wouldn't believe... Tubes. Like you wouldn't believe. I love it. So thank it. you, Mark, Mark, Brian, Michael, and Scott for being patrons. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, and that is where you can join up at a $5 level or above. You get your own superpower every week. So let's jump some – let's do at least one email here. Josh, which one should we do? Well, I can't read the first one. Let's – It's not from me. The The second one I was just going to yell angrily at. You know, All right, I'm let's do two. What? Let's do Ron. Ron, one of the things, Ron, not Ron Richards, Ron says, one of the things that has always bugged me is the anti-life equation. It's basically the MacGuffin for every story involving the new gods or dark side, but what the heck is it? An equation is a mathematical formula, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. Wouldn't anti-life be an awkward synonym for death? It's always depicted as some kind of ray or light or force. So how is that an equation? I've thought about this ever since Kirby created the new gods, and I think Final Crisis muddied the waters even more. What say you? So the anti-life equation, is, according to Wikipedia, is a formula for total control over the minds of sentient beings that is sought by Darkseid, who for this reason sends his forces to Earth as he believes part of the equation exists in the subconscious. If you use he life as a synonym. <laughs> no, he's, he's, look, he's, he's constantly searching for it. Yeah, he's trying to find it. So the, so the, the Life equation, is a synonym for free will, basically, here. Yeah. It, it basically the, the 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 common interpretation is that the equation is a mathematical proof for the futility of living. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about, it's about free will versus control. I mean, it's it's 
it's, it's like the, the equation for the futility of the living is just life. Like that's just every that's yesterday. <laughs> Jeez. I want to say I didn't say that. But also is just a MacGuffin, yes. But that's also what it is. Yeah. Do you need to understand advanced math to have it work? We don't know. We've never seen it. What's the thing you don't know about Darkseed is that he actually No, the thing you don't know about him is that he's dark side. Um, he's dark side. The thing about dark side is that he, uh, he actually went to college for math. He was like a high level, like goodwill hunting style math, mathematician. Yeah. So. How do you like those apples? Wait a second. That's, that's a <laughs> that was, that, that got me. That was good. It's not your fault, uh, dark side. I mean, fault. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, I, I always looked at it as the equivalent of the infinity gauntlet in Marvel. Yeah. I, I like uh, that it's big and crazy and stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the the bigger the better the crazier for the new gods in my in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's basically an equation that controls everyone. That's what it is. Yeah. If life is flourishing and freedom and free will, the anti-life equation is gives Darkseid control over that. Yeah. Um, let, I want to do the next question because I want to hear Josh yell. Frank from Arizona writes in and is just baiting Josh. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this question ever since I found out that the Vertigo universe was being folded into uh, the New Fifty Two around twenty eleven and have redoubled my efforts upon hearing Dr. Manhattan was on his way as well. My question is this. How would you bring in Jesse Custer to the DC Universe proper? You have a chance to pitch editorial with your own idea and suggest a writer-artist team. And for extra incentive... (laughs) (laughs) Is that the sound of Josh banging his head on the table? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So... <laughs> finish the email. Finish it. Finish it. Wait, so, how do you introduce them? Do you bring in the whole preacher universe, or just team them up with Batmite and call it a day? Thanks, Frank from Phoenix. So, Josh, uh, I'm doing the deal. Pitch me your preacher idea. Go screw. <laughs> <laughs> I read that email when it came in. I was like, "Oh, I hope Josh doesn't see this." It's funny really because like I want. I wanna, I want to. I want to. I want to harken back to a, a a plot line of the movie Heather's, where there's a song in the background, "Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It," uh, which is great advice for this. Don't do it. Never do it. Just leave it alone. Right, Josh? I like that he used redoubled my efforts. <laughs> I enjoyed that part. Uh, yeah. I would. I would refuse. Were I in that position. And then I would. The, the preacher universe in DC, I would say, no, thank you. I, I would fired, fired. Refuse and then flip the table over, kick the garbage can on your way out, and just knock the bookcase over and then leave. I'd just be Paul Rudd from Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, great question. Keep them coming. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You get your question on the show. Be sure to include your name, where you're from, and how long you've been thinking about this question uh, in order to get on the show. Also, if you'd like to send an audio file, you can always send an MP3 or something, uh, and if it's good, we'll play it. Keep those short. Keep them under a minute, please. Um, Just like uh, our buddy from Florida from a couple episodes ago, Rashad. He was great. So, All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. now listen, we've we've before we plug the the other shows and all the other stuff, <laughs> we've been we've been kind of tiptoeing around the elephant in the room, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm that, listen, I know you're listening, Connor, and I know that hundreds and thousands of you are also listening because my Twitter feed is now useless. <laughs> <laughs>
About 24 hours into the last week's show, Ron was like, why did we do this Frasier thing? He was so pissed. <laughs> so if you remember last week, Connor asked everyone that if you were listening uh, to post a picture of Dr. Fraser Crane on social media and let us know that you're still listening. So now, I, I, I so great. We did that. That was fun. Great response. I got a bone to pick with some of you. <laughs> right? You really need to pay attention to detail. I know the desire to be clever on social media is strong. Just ask Josh. But... <laughs> We didn't say <laughs> we didn't say post a picture of Kelsey Beast or or sideshow Bob or any other character that, that Kelsey Grammer plays. We said Fraser Crane. Am I correct, Connor? That's correct. And everyone, I think, if if we were you know in charge of the world, all those people would be would be out up against yeah, the no, wall. Up against oh, the Jesus. wall. I got. I got <laughs> I'm just gonna say off Twitter, but okay. <laughs> the wall. Um, so listen, next time we pull one of these stunts, you all got to pay attention to details. If you're going to flood my Twitter feed, at least make it accurate. That, that said, so pissed, so pissed. That said, the one guy who posted the screenshot of the cover of his book that he's writing about the show, Frasier, you get bonus points. That yes. was good. That was well done. So fun times, everyone. So let, let's just, we can stop it now. We can stop it. <laughs> or so, unless you want, you want to continue to torment Ron, you can, you can post a picture directly to him and say, I'm still listening. I literally just got one like an hour ago. Like, it's ridiculous. Just stop. <laughs> you got a couple of minutes of show left, and there's lots of things out there. So let's tread lightly, gentlemen. Okay, so uh, we got more podcasts. Go to ifanboy.com. You can listen to uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 podcast and then come to the website and tell us why you think we're wrong, which is fine because we all have opinions. Um, believe it or not, a podcast about Iron Fist is coming. I, I have made progress, finally. Um, and so we'll be recording that hopefully this month and getting it out to you. And then, of course, the next superhero movie, Wonder Woman, is coming in early June, and we're going to uh, turn on our show pretty quickly about that one. So uh, stay tuned for more movie and TV podcasts. Yeah, there's going to be one but one major one a month the next three months. You've got Wonder Woman, and then July is Spider-Man, and then August is we back for The Defenders, which will be... Hopefully we'll get Iron Fist out before the Defenders. Well, well, the great thing about the the great thing about the Defenders is that it's five episodes shorter because they finally yeah. took our advice. Oh, I forgot to mention in the freaking Luke Cage book, did we or really the need? Was higher. Did, in the Luke Cage number one, did we really need a staircase hallway fight? By the way, too, in the book. <laughs> Shh. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> also, just just a note: uh, our our six hundred episode will be in September. So that's something for That's usually when we do a live drunk show. Anyway. In addition to the the movie and TV shows, we also have this week we released our Booksplode on Roughneck, the new Jeff Lemire OGN, which is brought to you by the patrons. That means next month you'll be looking forward to a Talksplode, our interview show. And next week, you can, or this week, if you're listening to the show later, uh, we'll have our Teen Titans, the Judas Contract show. The Animation Brain Trust got together. We recorded it. It's done. It'll be coming out to you a few days after this one comes out. Of course, if you're listening to this on Sunday or even on Monday, you can still, and you are an iFanboy patron, uh, you can, of course, come to the patron hangout that we have scheduled for Monday, May 22nd at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, and those, the last one was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't guarantee that this one will be fun, but we usually have fun. Yeah, we'll have a good time. What was the last one? Oh, the last one was about the comic industry. That's right. Yeah. We, what, we are were, we, what are we talking about this time around? It's, honestly, it's going to depend how Sunday night goes. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, it's going to be that on Sunday. Yeah, there we go. Oh, do it's I have to show be, up? It's gonna be if you want to if you want to there's a fifty fifty chance Josh that we're crying in misery so maybe you want to watch that <laughs> rebel in it That's because not only not only I should mention this as we're plugging not only is will we is a fifty fifty chance of us crying in misery but then I'm committed to do a podcast about that misery for the next 
18 weeks. <laughs> yeah, so, so Rod's Dad Fine Podcast about Twin Peaks. You should mention if you're listening to this Sunday and yeah. you become a Dad Fine Podcast patron, you can watch Rod and I on a live stream on Sunday before Twin Peaks debuts. Um, very anxious. I'll just put it that way. We're going to be very anxious talking about Twin Peaks, uh, the third season, and then the third season, we're pierced in the night, and then and it just goes all from there. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's also the thing that is to note, too, that if you are indeed watching Twin Peaks on Showtime Sunday nights, um, please do check out Damn Fine Podcast at damnfinepodcast.com, where we will be re- re- releasing an episode about every episode for the next 18 episodes. Uh, and Connor uh, will be on there a lot as well, too, as we try to make sense of David Lynch for the summer. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So they're doing so two and You lost some for defenders. You gained them in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So there you go. Honestly, it, Twin Peaks is half the reason why half these shows are so late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it's, it's not, I wouldn't say half. It's 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 twenty five thirty percent. There's some other stuff going on, but still. Uh, all right. So all that said, go over to ifanboy.com where you can find all those other podcasts we talked about. Everything else you, you can follow us on social media on facebook.com/ifanboy and follow us at Twitter at ifanboy and you can find us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at Ronix Owen, at C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to find out what the pick is before the show comes out, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That's where you can find out about it. And also, we post the patron pick as well as the pick uh, on patreon.com slash ifanboy for patrons as well, too. So there you go. And if you like the show, please write a review on iTunes. It's better yet is to tell your friends who like comics but don't listen to the show. Tell them to listen. It's fun. We talk about weird things and and get anxious about Twin Peaks. All, all these things are enjoyable for people who like to read comics, I assume. We assume. <laughs> so until next time, it's so hot, and that's why we're wacky. I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I can't think of a gift this week, so I guess we'll have to wait for next week. Time. My spirit gets Stop.